Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. Hey, what the suck family? As you may have noticed, we recently switched to Anchor for our podcast hosting needs. That's right. We were using another site that had us paying 20 bucks a month for services such as unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and distribution. Anchor will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and many more, and they do it all for free. They make it super easy to create and start your podcast directly from their site. You can record and edit directly on the Anchor website or app directly from your phone. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to create your own show. They will even help you find sponsors to fund your project. Just go to anchor.fm and get started today. There really is no easy way to do it. What? No! You suck! This is What the Suck Podcast. I'm Chris. And this is James. Alright, so for today's episode 3, we have quite a treat for y'all. The movie we watched was Murder Party. It's a film distributed by Magnolia Pictures, released in January of 2007. It was directed by Jeremy Saulnier, I think it's pronounced. Uh, it had a budget of one hundred ninety to 230000 um, It actually premiered at the slam dance film festival uh it there it won a audience award for best feature for 2007 um and uh just so you know uh there are going to be spoilers ahead so if you haven't watched it stop the podcast go watch it and then come back and listen good point so what do you think james damn damn yeah for me it's a damn but that's all right we'll get we'll get to it but okay all right, so uh, so of the three that we've done so far, which one's your least favorite, though? Of all the movies we've done so yeah. far, so far, Creepshow three, still the worst, still garbage. Yeah, okay, <laughs> total crap. All right, so uh, what we'll do is we will discuss the the plot um, and give you points, and then we are going to. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you how we rate our movies. So how do we rate our movies, James? Well, we use it on a reverse scale. We actually use the turd emoji scale, and we are going to rate movies anywhere from one, which is actually a must-see, to a five, which is a must-see once and then walk away. That's it. So if it's got five turds, the more turds, the worse it is. Yeah, so it's not like five stars, go and see it. It's like five turds. Five turds, avoid it. Watch it if you dare. Watch it once. Watch it if you dare. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's definitely, like I said, we've said this before. We want you to watch. Yes. We want you to watch, tear it apart, and then walk away. We feel every movie deserves at least one viewing, no matter how bad it is. But, saying that, once you watch it once, if it's bad enough, you don't ever watch it again. Yeah. Some movies deserve multiple watches. Some movies deserve one watch. Either way, somebody put time and effort into making these. And yes, they suck ass. 
but <laughs> they deserve to at least be watched because you know, in, in hindsight, every 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 big name director started as an independent director. What are they saying? You got to embrace the suck. You got to embrace, embrace the, the suck. suck. That's right. And so you know these. People that make these sucky films today might be the the Spielberg, the Cronenbergs yeah. of the future, you know. Yeah. So, so you never know. So, all right. So we'll uh, we're about. So if you have, again, if you haven't watched it, stop the podcast, go watch it, come back. We are about to begin to talk about the plots. So, all right. This is the party. We've been planning this for weeks. The invitation said murder party. If some jackass is dumb enough to come here, then he deserves to die. Look, I don't think we actually thought someone would be stupid enough to show up. It's a white male. He's perfect. Think beyond splattering blood on canvas. When our masterpiece is complete and the coroner's report is back in, it will read the cause of death. Art. Happy Halloween. Everybody dies. Sign on for a second degree assault party. Okay, the movie stars uh, Chris Sharp, Sandy Barnett, Macon Blair, Paul Godblatt, William Lacey, and Stacy Rock. I think it's Goldblatt, actually. Goldblatt? What yeah. did I say? Godblatt. So, anyway, so yeah, stars, stars <laughs> these people. Godblatt. Yeah, I think you were saying God bless these people. Yes. But... And the music is by. Brooke Blair and Bill Blair. And actually, it's not so bad, actually. It's actually kind of a, uh, what you call a mashup of, like, Elm Street and... And some some, uh, some Wes Craven and some uh, John Carpenter. Real uh, sort of synth, sort of 80s and 90s type of feel. Yeah. yeah. Especially that beginning part. The beginning part, the, the intro, the, the, the credits part is actually pretty cool. It's got a it's got an old school feel to it, old school sound. The, the titles are basically just... You know, they just got this weird red glow around them. But, um, you know, it's just scenes of Halloween all over the place. Halloween pumpkins, balloons, cupcakes. And it just really gets you in the mood for for Halloween. Yes. And it actually makes you think it's going to be a fantastic motion picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got the... Because it's got the old school, low budget feel like a Halloween. It does. It actually does. And... Um, so basically the movie opens up and I'm going to try real hard not to say basically so much because I, I listen to myself on the other recordings <laughs> and I was basically this and basically that. <laughs> the plot is a uh, lonely bastard named Christopher uh, Poor guy. coming home from the video store finds an invitation just blowing down the sidewalk uh, which you alluded to 
as where the hell did this thing come from? Who was it originally intended for? Mm-hmm. Did they just throw it on the sidewalk hoping some schmo would find it? I mean, I don't know. Right. Never tell you. He looks at the invitation, gets the address, looks it up. Everybody will love Sir Lancelot. He's an excellent actor. Oh, his cat? Yeah. The cat is great. Yeah. Fantastic cat. Doesn't have to say a word. <laughs> nope. Just, He's fantastic. He, 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 he acts very well with his... Um, yes. Uh, facial movements. Or he not, does. What is it? Uh, body language. There we go. He's yep. a very good body language actor. So. so, he constructs himself a knight costume out of cardboard, which reminds me, uh, harkens back to Monty Pythons and the knights who say knee kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and proceeds to take off walking down this alley. Looking for this lovely party. Uh, breaks to one scene for some reason. He's just a dead sprint. Just for running. no reason. No but, reason. But like, yeah, it's, it don't make any sense. You're like, why is he running? Yeah. Uh, and with pumpkin bread in hand. See, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit That's here. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, he's got pumpkin bread that he made from a pumpkin that was on his doorstep and smashed by some little brat. So I'm sitting there going, this is most, this is pretty healthy stuff, you know. God knows how long that Jacqueline has been sitting outside. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's make some bread out of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, he goes to a party, comes in here, knocks on the door, goes in, find out it's hosted by a bunch of deranged students, art students, as a matter of fact, in costume. We've got Paul, the gothic vampire, and we got Macon, who's a werewolf, Sky, the zombie cheerleader, Lexi, who is Daryl Hannah, Daryl Hannah, there, Daryl Hannah's replicant character from the Blade Runner, and my personal favorite, Bill. He is a baseball fury from the movie The Warriors. And his character is kind of my kind of my favorite as well. Yeah, he's just kind of strung out, just doesn't care, he's kind of just, doesn't care, he's no. just whatever, dude, you yeah. know, kind of guy. Uh, acting thus far, fairly flat, boring monotone mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically the guy goes in there he gets caught and he turns around tries to leave they burn his invitation and he's freaking out a little bit actually i take that back he's really not freaking out chris is actually quite a calm and cool character you know? yeah for for someone who's being uh held against as well he's he's not struggling and he's not screaming and he seems to be taking it Almost in stride, kind of. Yeah, when they tackle him, he's like, no, uh, let go, let go. Yeah. You know, he was way too calm. It's like mm-hmm. the entire cast is on quaaludes. Everybody's yeah. just like spaced. Yeah, it's, I mean, and you kind of, I kind of expect that from the art students because they just, they, they have that air of just being art, art majors, just complete, just douchebags and just, you know, the, they're, they're numb to the world. So I kind of... You kind of get that, and and they're all there to commit murder. They're all there to have a murder party. So I can see that. But Chris being that calm is yeah, yeah, a little too it's, it's a little too calm. A little. I, I guess mean, they couldn't afford acting. You know, they just basically were like it was almost like a table reading. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the dialogue, it's almost like a table reading. They're way too calm about stuff. Uh, and there's even a part. Uh, where the girl, the zombie, Sky, zombie Sky, yep, snatches the the bread out of his hand after they've tied him up, and 
She's walking around with it, eating it, and mm-hmm. discovers it has raisins in it, which she's allergic to. And proceeds to get dizzy and collapse and hits her head on a pipe, gashing a giant hole in her temple. Big old hole in her temple. And, and she just starts bleeding out. And she's sitting there like, dude. And then she just falls over dead. And everybody's yeah. just like, looking. Um, she's dead. Sky's dead, guys. Sky's dead. Oh, well. Yeah. So, yes, the acting leaves quite a bit to be desired. Yeah. And, you know, this, this whole first, this is pretty much the, like the first 20 minutes. You know, there, there's not a lot of character development. You don't learn anything about Chris other than the fact that he is a meter maid for the most part. Um, he lives alone with his cat. Um, you, so, I mean, you learn a little bit about him, but you don't learn about a little bit about anything about who he is. I mean, you, you see him as a meter maid. You see him get cussed out by somebody he gave a ticket to. You see him go and purchase three really crappy looking movies, which I would love to review on this show at some point. If they even exist. They probably don't, though. I'm sure they're fake. <laughs> um, one, I mean, what was it? Werewolf versus Unicorn Horns. I mean, it's just great. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, Scarewolf. Yeah, Scarewolf, yeah. And then he gets home, and he lives in a very small apartment, you know, with his cat, Sir Lancelot. And his night for Halloween is, was originally, originally going to consist of watching those three movies. And again, as you, as you mentioned, you know, this, this, this invitation comes, you know, floating down the sidewalk on the wind... And yeah, there, there, there's no no introduction of who, of who let the invitation out, where it was supposed to go. If they did, they just like throw it into the world, hoping that somebody would find it. They throw it from the top of a building. Did they leave it on somebody's car? But it just happened to get blown towards Chris's direction. He stops it. He grabs it. And he looks at it, and, and it only says "murder party tonight." Address: Come alone. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> Me, if I found an, an invitation like that, I would probably just throw it in the trash. I would too, because yeah. it's basically a hint and a half for your ass, right? You know, come mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, but it's also—I I feel like it's also almost kind of like—I um, don't know. Like it's interesting that 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 it just happened to find somebody who is not only a single person, but who obviously is a very lonely person, and it says come alone, and it's like, yeah, of course he's going to come alone, because he is alone, you know? So, it's like, it just happened to find the right kind of person, because he he initially doesn't want to go, like, he, he's not interested in going, he's going to go home and, and you know, and watch movies, but then so funny, he can't even get his cat to get out of his seat to nope. watch the movies, and so he, he instead looks up the address, and decides to go, and then... <laughs> So he goes in his closet to pull out this this Halloween box, this Halloween stuff, and what does he pull out? But this giant troll mask that looks fucking amazing. It's like a goblin or something. It's so, sort. It's so yeah. huge and it's so cool. And I, I was first when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's a badass costume!" And then he tosses it aside <laughs> to take the box and proceeds to cut and duct tape himself a knight costume, which, by the way, is still cool. I love the sword that he made; it's pretty neat. It's pretty funny. But yep. I was like, why would you not... I mean, the, the, the damn troll costume was awesome. It was badass. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, all in all, the, the beginning is not all that strong. It's the... There's really not much script. Um, and what there is script, it doesn't start until, you know, he gets to the uh, 
location of the murder and then at that point i mean nobody i don't know if they filmed this in sequence or not but nobody's really given their best performance it's, it's no pretty bad. they're they're it's holding very back forced. it's very so like i said it feels like a table read it right. feels like people sitting right. around the table just reading through a scene just to see how the lines will flow exactly because they're not putting really that much into it no. like I, like i said before it's all it's like they're all high or yeah. something they're completely strung out and so. chris does take uh there's one scene when he when he finds the the um Invitation on the ground. He, his his alarm goes off on his on his watch, and so he pulls out a, a pill bottle, and takes a pill. So, for all we know, he could be on quaaludes because they never show what the pills are. They never explain why he's taking them. That is true. I mean, it could be any random combination. It could of, be a volume. Yeah, but he's definitely on something that gives him a, a more calm disposition. But it doesn't help his intelligence any. No, the only saving grace, I guess you could say, to all the mundane, quiet monotone you know dialogue is our boy making the wolf at least he's about half unhinged uh i mean he's like the perfect costume he 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 is a freaking animal he's yeah he's, out of his damn mind he's out of his gourd yeah so yeah. much that after sky gets killed impaling her head on that yeah. stupid pipe he goes berserk and thinks he's going to dump acid all over this dude. Right. Which he proceeds to do, uh, but it turns out it was acetic acid, which is... Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. It's vinegar. It's vinegar. Now, Sky brought... <laughs> I want to talk Sky brought that. So, you know, he, yep. he when, when when Chris walks into the, the warehouse where they're at, he looks on the ground, he sees a bottle, a large bottle of something, he sees an axe, he sees a, a sledgehammer, plastic on the ground, rope. It looks like a real-life clue game. Yeah. And... You know, first of all, any 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 person with normal sense would probably you know turn tail and get out of there. <laughs> but you know, you as they're talking, they're like, you know, you brought this. They they mentioned Sky. Well, you brought the vinegar, so you obviously wanted the vinegar. You brought the acid, so you obviously wanted to do this tonight. And and then it, when 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 Macon gets in his fit of rage and pours on, I'm like, holy crap, they're gonna you know burn him already. But then they find out it's just vinegar so sky bought a giant glass container of vinegar that was hilarious that's how inept and douchey these people are yes and it's, the fact that he doused him with it and he's sitting there going ah, ah i'm gonna yeah, kill you motherfucker like, yeah burn, burn motherfucker and, he and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm oh so my god. sorry yeah that, that was that i had to admit that was pretty comical yeah you know that, that, was, that was pretty comical funny. right there so. yeah now, one thing I do want to mention, what I do like about the uh, the camera work is, uh, at least in this first part, when when I'm trying to remember if if it happens in the part where you're introduced to Chris, but I don't think it is. But I think it's when he gets to the warehouse. But there are two scenes, or there are two parts in that warehouse where it's done in one take, and so you see the camera going around and all the actors are doing their parts, and then um, it cuts, and then to, it goes to to a different cut, to a hard cut, and then. There's a couple more cuts, and then the part where so the part where they're discussing what they do with the murder or how to murder him, they uh, there's a, there's a a one take and it keeps going around and around through all the different characters and and then back to Chris and back around, and then when Sky the whole section when Sky gets killed that's there's a bunch of different cuts, but then that there's a section when when the other the their patron Alexander calls from that point until they hide Sky's body in the cooler. That's all done in one take, and the camera mm-hmm. keeps going around. Which I love one takes. I love scenes that are one takes. Um, there are some that are very, very good, like in the Haunting of Hill House. There's an, there's a bunch of amazing one takes, but they're they're notoriously hard because you have to have 
actors that know what they're doing and and you have to run through that particular scene over and over again multiple times because you know normally actors you know they're when they're filming they have like there's like tape or something on the ground which is a a, a place a marker and you know when you're filming a scene you need to walk somewhere you need to walk from one marker to the other so you can make sure you're you're framed right and you're blocked right and, and the camera work and everything but when you do a a um one take a lot of times they're not there and like especially with this one you know, when they're hiding uh, Sky's body, you can see the ground. And so, like, I was looking at the ground. I was looking for any tape or any kind of marks that might indicate it was a, a marker for an actor to step mm. on. I didn't see anything. Nope. So even though they're bad actors, the fact that they were able to pull off this... Now, there may have been some really um, good edits in that one take. I couldn't tell. But the one take... They're, they're short one takes, though. But the one take is one of my... It's becoming more and more popular with filmmakers to do one take because it... It's such a cool way to do it because, you know, you, like I said, the camera goes around and, and you can get out a whole scene of like two minutes or whatever, you know, without all these hard cuts. Because, you know, anytime there's a cut, it's fine. But like if you can, I always appreciate when I can tell it's a one take and you see all these actors hit their marks perfectly and hit the lines perfectly. It just, to me, it's it's always impressive, even though this is, the acting sucks. Oh, the acting blows. Acting sucks, yeah. But yeah, like you said, the, um, you know, the one shot going around and all that might be also because they can only afford one camera you never know true true <laughs> but it's very true they probably only had one camera but on top of that like i said you ha- you have to you have to rehearse that scene over and over and over so that right there eats eat up time now we we mentioned that the have a budget of 190 to 230,000 uh i had read somewhere that they were had planned a whole lot more special effects but they had to cut them and make do with what they had because of budget constraints so maybe a lot of their budget ran you know was eaten up by the fact that they did all these one cuts and it's true and the shots. filming quality wasn't that bad the no, shots are bad. clear uh-huh. you could tell it was a decent camera mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the settings were nice yeah i mean there's the, nothing wrong the, with that what's killing what's killing this thing i mean murdering it pun intended yeah is the acting so yeah. far? It is mundane. Yeah. It's just like, good God, come on. Now I will say, I need to, I need to figure out what her name is. I, I should probably know it already. But the actress that plays Lexi is actually pretty good to me because, you know, I don't know if she, I doubt she's like that in real life, but she's playing the spoiled, entitled art house douchebag lady, like or woman, really, really, really well. Lexi is played by Stacy Rock. Rock. Stacy Rock does a great job as Lexi. She's at times annoying, at times hilarious, um, but uh, yeah, she's probably other than Bill, one of my two favorites for sure. For sure. Oh, Bill's my favorite from the get go because the, the whole the whole uh, baseball fury thing from the Warriors that just yeah sells great it for costume. me, brother. Yeah, great costume sells so. it for me. Yeah. So then, <laughs> I love it. I just it's, what, you know, what the I hell? Mean, <sighs> yep. So then Alexander arrives. Uh, Played by who again, James? It is Sandy. Sandy Barnett. Sandy Barnett. All right, Alexander who? arrives. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. He is. So he's the person that they've all been waiting for. He, apparently, he's the one the whole night or organized the whole night. Um, and he shows up with some friend of his, some Russian friend by the name of Zyko with a C, which is stupid. Um, and he brings his dog Hellhammer, who is quote unquote part dingo. Um, so he shows up 
And he notices uh, Paul is also dressed like a vampire, and his costume is better. So out of jealousy and just being a douche, he... They have to establish his, his uh, alpha, alpha male, yeah, his alpha male status in the group, and then he's in charge. He's running everything, right? So he, he is the he is the one they have to impress. Yeah, and, and he 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 comes in. He has this real real hardcore douchebag, just like I am, like trust fund kid attitude <laughs> from the get go. <laughs> I, I I do have to say though, I thought that I thought it was I thought it. Again, the acting in this movie is not great, but you really hate Alexander, and I think that's because Sandy does a great job at it. He convinced me, let me yeah. put it that way. I didn't yeah. like him the minute he stepped in. I'm like, oh, God, another one of these kind of douchebags. Yeah, just his look, the way his face is always just like, you know, he he, every, he looks at everything as beneath him, and he it shows in his face. So I, I do appreciate that he, you know... You can you can tell someone is really good in a role when you really get invested in that character, and even when you hate them that much. This is very true. You know, like for me, I guess my all time most hated actor, although he's not any way associated with this movie, was David Patrick Kelly. He was a great character actor. Everything mm-hmm. he did, he made you hate his guts. Well, right. this dude, Sandy Barnett who I have no clue and don't give a fuck, he basically does a very, very good job making you hate his guts almost immediately. Right, right. And for me, I would probably say, I mean, I don't know most, but like I, I hearken back to Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. There's a character there, Dolores Umbridge, who is just a despicable, horrible, horrible character. And, you know, anybody who's seen that movie, who's invested in, those, in, that, in that series... Just knows how much how much fun it is to hate that character, and the actress who does it does such an amazing job that you don't see the actress, you just see Dolores Umbridge, and you hate her. But you also have to realize that it's an actress playing that, and so and so you know if you ever ever want to meet her, you have to realize you have to keep the two separate. You know you can't associate the the person as having the same same uh, personality as as a character. So the fact but- that you're able to lose yourself in that character. It to me makes makes a good a good uh, uh, role, and so Sandy does a great job as Alexander being a complete douchebag. You're a better man than me, Chris, because if I was to meet Sandy on a sidewalk, I'd throat punch him just and for see, sucking. I I actually really really enjoy when someone it does such a good job of making you hate them in a movie or a show, because you know yeah it's it's up to the actor's ability and it's up to the director's ability to direct the actor on what to say, how to move. And, and what his motivation is but like you know when you when you like i love to meet would love to meet actors or actresses that play roles like that because i would like i just want to say like look you did such a great job that i hated your character and thank you for doing that because it also makes such a, a stark contrast between the hero and that villain you know yep. well, with it's, a low budget like that they obviously aren't richer than we are so we could walk up to them and say dude you fucking suck <laughs> that's what i do i said dude you suck but you 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 annoyed the hell out of me so you did your job yeah you know, yeah whatever. exactly <laughs> so then he gets there and then at that point everybody starts kissing his ass and uh, then it, the there's like a 10 minute long scene where it's just pure exposition of, of alexander talking about what the motivation of them being there to sign apparently it's all a art piece to impress him, to put on display. Well, the premise comes out that what they are there to do is compete artistically. Whoever can pull off the most artistic murder of our uh, 
wonderful character Chris sitting there quite calmly while they're discussing this. Mm -hmm. And he goes on for minutes with just a bunch of artistic psychobabble bullshit. Right, right. Oh, my God. This is so... it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't just... make any sense, and I spent that entire ten minutes with my jaw just hanging open, wondering what the fuck I was listening to and why I was actually listening to it. But then I came to realize that's what I'm here to do, damn it. Yeah. I have to watch this crap, put up with it, and talk to you guys about it. So, I mean, and it's it's he. It took ten minutes to tell what they could have, you know, spat out in like ten seconds. Yeah. But, hey you know. dudes, whoever kills him in the coolest way or comes up with the coolest idea gets to kill him and gets the grant money. And it's not even the coolest, it's whoever does it in the most artistic way. That's true. Which again, it's not artistic as in like, you know, Renaissance art, it's more modern, uh, abstract bullshit art. And so whoever does it gets the grant money of three hundred thousand dollars because of course they're all art students they're all broke they need grant money to do this he has quote unquote access to three hundred thousand dollars we don't know this he's just talking shit right but at least it explains to you and this is the whole plot of the movie basically was the fact that these art students were getting together to kill for grant money which is what led me to actually pick this one for us to watch this week because it sounded funny. Right. You know, sounded stupid and su- just sucky enough to make our cut. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so then uh, they decide they're going to wait till the witching hour, which they say is midnight because they're, again, fucking artists. And at that point, then they will all stab him in unison. Um, and so then they decide they want, they need food to to, you know, to eat while they're waiting and they're, they have this whole stupid argument over what they're going to get and they end up getting pizza and they're just get a fucking pizza yeah and get on pizza and a cake because fucking Alexander wants a cake because he's an idiot anyway so <laughs> uh, so then he leaves so then Macon goes to go get the, the food and um, so while that's happening Paul is, is, has his camera set up has had his camera set up and is taking more pictures of Chris I guess just for, for the for the whatever for whatever sake and so um so then Macon shows back up, and uh, before he shows back up, there's this scene of implied sex between uh, Sky and... Looking for a brew unique to you? Find it at Kroger. Discover distinctly different chameleon organic ground coffee with flavors like Guatemala and dark and handsome. They're so organic, so sustainable, and so good. Visit Kroger today to get yours. Alexander, um, and then Macon shows back up. With the pizza and, and the cake, ask where Lexi's at, and she comes up behind him, uh, having just finished sex. And uh, that, at that point, uh, Alexander has a very, very wonderful line stating that Lexi's pussy screamed, screamed at him. Screamed at him. Yeah. yeah, so classy, so classy. Very classy. And you start to get hints. I mean, you, you get hints earlier on, but then this is really where you get the hint that, that Macon has a thing for Lexi and that he's very jealous that Macon that making that uh alexander uh has sex with her because he obviously wants to but yep. he's too shy to even make a move on her yeah so well, you snooze you lose bro yeah and so at this point uh, uh uh paul is taking all these pictures uh, asking for help and nobody's helping him and so he decides to call someone and uh to come help him i guess he has an assistant that he calls whatever um so again Nothing spectacular is really happening going on. I mean, this is this is it. the exposition part, but it's it's so forced and the script in the way it's written is so bad that 
like I I think the second or third time I watched it, I think I just kind of blacked out at that part. I just kind of spaced out yeah, at that part because your ears, you, they, it's basically rapes your ears. You just don't want to hear it, but yeah. you have to listen to it to get the gist of what the hell the damn movie's about. Right. So, and this is the only part that really explains it because the rest of it so far has just been psycho babble bullshit and it really yeah. doesn't tell you anything. And exposition is always, I, I get that it's a difficult thing because, you know, there's so many movies that you watch that, at least that I noticed, where the, the exposition is so forced where it, it, it's, it's, it's told rather than shown or, or like it's not told correctly and it's just, it's just, it's what they call an exposition dump where it's just 10 minutes of like backstory or history or, you know, information on setting up what's going on and it's just like you can always tell yep. when it's when it's a exposition dump because it's all it is now i can't think offhand off the top of my head but there are a few movies that I've, I've seen where the exposition is done so brilliantly that you don't even know it's exposition that it's done in ways that are so much more uh uh original but again you know independent films you know, limited time, limited budget. They're not going to have the the ability to figure out a better way to do it. And I mean, again, most people don't really care. They don't really yep. they don't really notice or even care about exposition dumps. But you know, that's true. I happen to. But during the mind numbing uh, diatribe, mm-hmm. our friend Chris manages to escape his bonds. Oh, that's right. He does. Yes. Yes. He manages yes, to slip he, out. Yes. And. Uh, who was it? Lexi. Lexi noticed. Yeah. Freaks out. Point. Mm-hmm. Where would he go? Blah yeah. blah. He's hiding behind a stack of boxes about three feet tall. Yeah. Springs up and jumps and runs. Very slapsticky, comical looking. Very Benny Hill. Yeah. There's there, there, there's a ridiculous chase scene in this warehouse that that I mean it's like Chris can't seem to find the exit for some reason and and again going to show how just in in. Like inept these people are, <laughs> Macon has brought a chainsaw, but he brought a damn electric chainsaw. Electric chainsaw, so therefore has, limited by the range of right. his extension cord. So he has an extension cord because he's so <laughs> just ridiculous, dumbass. But yep. this leads to one of one of two parts in the movie that to me had me actually laughing out loud. That I thought was legitimately funny, and, and it was it was intentionally funny. Whereas the rest of the film is unintentionally funny because it's bad. Yes, but. There's, you know, he's being chased and he runs to this closet and they, they've cornered him in this closet and he's, Chris is looking around and he sees all these things. He sees a pipe, he sees tubing, he sees a, a fire hydrant, he sees a bunch of other things. You're thinking, okay, he's trying to find a weapon, he's going to grab something, he's going to go out there and he's going to swing it around, he's going to attack him, he's going he's to grab the fire hydrant, open the door, spray the fire hydrant, create smoke, right, create something, confusion, and yeah. then slip out, right? So you're like, okay, cool, you know, this guy's going to gonna get out of here, so... He opens the door. He has all that shit in his he's hand, got, in his well, arms. Let's, let's see. He's got a dryer vent hose. Dryer vent hose. He's got a funnel. He's got a spring. empty he's gas can. Empty gas can. He's got a fire hydrant. Yep. All this shit in his arms. Looks like he's ready to do battle. And what does he do, Chris? He just drops it on the ground. He, he throws that at him, which lands on the ground. And then does like a quick juke and then tries to run off. And they're all standing there looking like, what the fuck did he just do? Like, it didn't even, it went a foot in front of him and fell on the ground. And I have to admit, it did make me laugh too. It, it was one of the moments that did actually make me actually give up a little uh, laugh out loud, I guess you could yeah. say. Legitimate. And I think it's it was so stupid. It was so unexpected. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, so far, so far, this, this, it's sort of been kind of uh, uh, filmed by the numbers. I mean, they've kind of been hitting all these, you know, cliche spots all, yep. all throughout. 
And so, you know, you get to the, the cliche where he's being chased into a corner, he gets a weapon, and he starts swinging away and attacking it. But he doesn't do it. He does the complete opposite, which I was not expecting. So, which made me laugh out loud. It did. It's, it's like, come on, Chris, do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, come and, and, on. I mean, you, normally I, I would uh, always root for somebody named Chris, but uh, this guy's a complete idiot. But the so. funny part is that got him surrounded. And they just stand there. He runs right between two of them, and they yeah. do not move. I mean, because they're they're just as stunned as we are. Yeah, I think that the, they're just stunned that he didn't that he did what he did as we are. That's why, because you like you see you see Bill looking at Macon, and, and Bill has this confused look on his face, and and then Ugh. he somehow slips in between them because they're like, what the whole point was that? It's, it's so funny. It, it's it's kind of like the Ace Ventura rolling around. Turn the lights off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, now it's one of the two. I think grow on now. You know. Yeah. To me, it's one of the two intentionally funny moments. Just slapstick. So yeah, yeah. So that that was actually that was what was good. So I mean, oh my god. So anyway, our boy Chris is recaptured after his failed slapstick attempt, <laughs> and this time he's actually chained to the chair as well as tied. So he's fucked. Yeah. All right. So then they proceed to sit in a circle. I'll, I. A la 70s show yeah. kind of stuff. The yeah. computer's panning around. They decide they're going to play a game of truth or dare with actual sodium... Uh, they call it amatol. Amatol, but it's sodium pentothal yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so they inject each other, and they go on this enormously boring... Long scene. Long, about 15 minutes worth of babble. Yeah. So I'm not even going to. Uh... I mean, they just talk about the dumbest <laughs> stuff, and it just it, it, I mean, it's it's it could have been a good opportunity for character development, and there's a little bit in there, but then, but then like there's not. I mean, there's like a tiny bit, and then they stop to go to talk about something else, and you know, throwing and, around euphemisms and yeah, puns, and, and it's and... just yeah. And uh, the, the interesting thing was that the. Um, when it came time for Alexander to take his shot of the truth serum, he pretends to shoot it in his arm off to the side, but he actually injects the needle into a... Piece of pizza. A pizza crust, yeah. Yes. Because he is all talk, no game. He's just That is correct. Yeah, so anyway, so that happens. And then well, what else happens after that? Well, I forgot. What, what a friend make him... Is over there talking smack, bunch of psycho oh, babble to Chris, and, and he's been drinking. Out. Yeah, he's been he's drinking. drinking, soaking himself with alcohol because he's pouring it out. Yeah, I mean he's trying to power drink, and he's yeah. spilling it all over himself. Yeah, all over himself. He, he got it all over his costume, and then he's just, it's just all he, he's drenched in 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 alcohol. Then he passes out, and then I'm just going to go straight to it. The assistant, uh, oh Paul's Paul, assistant shows Paul's up. assistant yeah, shows yeah, yeah. up. This girl is hi, how you doing? Comes in there, sees Chris tied up in a chair and thinks nothing of it. Thinks it's just another photo thinks shoot. It's just another artistic little thing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. starts set up, ignores him. And right. They come over and kick Macon and tell him to get up. So he staggers outside with a few profanities. Mm-hmm. Goes out, talks to the dog, and then he turns around and decides he's going to smoke cigarettes soaked in alcohol. So, Wait, can you but- guess? Before we get to that, though, let's also talk about the fact that uh, they were talking about... I forget what they were talking about. Something stupid. But they they were looking at... Oh, uh, Bill had a little easel set up, and he was painting. Ah, uh, yes. And then, so, uh, Alexander 
Paul and Lexi were looking at his painting and, and talking about how brilliant it was. And then the dog, uh, Hellhammer, starts barking. So he asks Bill to go check on Hellhammer to make sure nothing's happening to him. So as the, when Bill goes outside to check on the dog, the three of them proceed to belittle his art and make fun of it the whole time. Yes, they do. Um, and you cut to outside. He Bill is looking at the dog and he is uh, calling it names and saying he... He hates him, and he 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 kills fuzzy things. Basically, showing his real just what sociopath side, his dark side. Yeah, he's, so, he's going down. He's, he's... So then you cut back to them making fun of it, and then it pans over, and you see Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Paul. Um, it pans over, and you see, see uh, Bill. um, Bill's there, and so he heard all that, and and um, <clears throat> basically catches him talking shit about right, his painting. Right, basically just really so. kind of just chipping away at Paul. At uh, I keep calling him Paul. Bill's cool collective you know exterior yes so then that's when that's when the assistant comes up and then they they kick Macon out and he goes outside and he goes to light a cigarette and of course because his entire his entire outfit including his plastic uh wolf mask is covered in you that. see the entire window illuminate illuminate but well, only Chris notices. Only Chris notices. Nobody else hears him screaming no. and hollering and all this stuff. No, the rest are still too busy talking about whatever nonsense they were talking about before. So uh, it's the same general, non-reactive, boring, mundane dialogue. So caught yeah. up in their own bullshit, you know. <laughs> and Lexi notices. And no, oh, I take it back. She doesn't notice. Uh Alexander asks her to go outside and get the dog to bring Check in. on, bring the dog so in. When she, she goes, goes outside, outside, that's when she notices he's on fire. And comes in and simply says, oh, Megan's on, on fire. fire. Yeah, Megan's on fire. Yeah. Big deal. Goes to grab the, the, the there's a uh, hydrant hanging on the wall, grabs it, goes to take it outside. It's empty. So then proceeds to hang it back up on the wall. She goes and puts it back up while, while our boy Macon is still cooking yeah. like bacon yeah. and on the front side wall. Yeah, and Paul and, and, Paul and Alexander talk, are, are arguing, talking about how Paul doesn't believe Alexander has the money because he's never seen it. He wants to know how he gets the money. He wants to look at his notebook. All this nonsense back and forth while uh, our Sky, boy Macon. That's Sky. Sky's yep. dead. Um, what's his name? Lexi. Yep. And then, what, and then the assistant decided to go grab fire hydrants, and they put Macon out. They finally put him out. Finally put him out. Yeah. And uh, then you see they drag his smoking ass back inside. Smoking, yeah, <laughs> inside. And still nobody seemed to really care. Nobody cares about Again, the damn just thing. Just the, 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 you know, caught up in their own bullshit, just desensitized, just ridiculous. It, it's, it's just seriously fucked up at this point. Yeah, it really is. So then it's at this point while the arguing's going on and whatnot... Lexi, Lexi, well, after she, before she put out, she went to get the hydrant to put what's his face out, making out. She brought the dog in, tied him up to Chris's chair. Uh, Chris untied the dog because the dog really wanted to see what was in the freezer. I guess he was trying to distract them long enough to make an escape. So then he unties the dog or unclips the dog, Hellhammer, who then starts to uh, paw at the fridge. Alexander goes over, opens up the the fridge, sees Sky in there, dead. Doesn't even care. Nope. Um, and after he's, while he's doing that, Paul's fed up. And when Allison turns around, he injects him with a large dose of the truth serum. Like, so large that, like, Alexander's immediately, immediately under its, its effects. Yep. And that's when we find out the truth, which is... He's a fry cook. He's a fry he's cook. He's just a piece of shit he's fry cook. He's a fraud. And so what was, what was Alexander, that wasn't even his name, was it? 
What was his name? His name was Timmy. 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 So, uh, what, what was what was Timmy <laughs> Alexander's grand uh, grand idea that he was going to do with this quote unquote murder party? He's basically going to bring all these artists in and kill them all and sell their artwork because it's worth more when you're dead. Which, yeah, it's true, but that's... Interesting plot twist, yeah. but useless nevertheless, because right. shortly thereafter, our boy Bill loses his ever-loving oh, shit. Man. does he ever. This is the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. Best part of the movie. It's like the last 20, 25 minutes of the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Actually, Absolutely. I haven't that because I don't, I don't remember how long the credits are, so we're going to say it's the last 15 15 minutes is the slice and dice, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This is, this is the payoff for putting up with the other hour and a half of pain of watching the mundane acting in the BS. Right. So, let's see. Dog, after chewing on Crank. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, we've got that. So, so Zyko returns with this big bag of Crank. Big bag yep. of Crank. And... He tosses on the freezer in which uh, Alexander Timmy is sitting on. And because Tim is just done, he's so under the influence, he's just done. He, he just blatantly tells Psycho to shoot Paul in the face. Paul want, Paul and his assistant were getting ready to leave at that time, but Paul wanted yep. to get one, one more photo. One more photo. And so he bent over to look at the camera, and, and Alexander tells Psycho to shoot Paul in the face. So uh, Psycho just pulls out the gun. Shoots, fires him, hits him in the head. He doesn't die right away. Doesn't die. He, he gets, gets aggravated because he wants to finish. Yeah, his he, photograph. He sends him. He, he turns around, <laughs> and and Paul and Alexander's like, "Kill them all, just kill them all." And so then he ends up uh, shooting the assistant who tries to run away in the back of the head. head. Just bam. Then turns around, shoots Paul two more times. Paul still is still slowly going down. He should be just dead by now. Uh, at that point, Lexi finally wakes the fuck up or something because she then starts to attack Al- uh, Zyko, jumps yep. on his back. Um, and uh, while that's happening, the dog ends up getting on the freezer, taking the big bag of crank off to the side and chews on it and opens it and, and consumes some of it. Uh, then what happens after that? Uh, Timmy tries to run off and is hotly pursued by he- our lovely Hellhammer dog. Who proceeds to chew his fucking chew his face off? Face off. Uh, part of it. Macon comes to from his uh, from being, which I don't know how he's still alive, but he comes to pulls the rest of his mask off. His face is badly burned, and the snout is like burned onto his face. Which the the practical effect in that is pretty cool. That I and actually liked a lot. The yeah. effect was very cool. Uh, had the large eye, like he had no eyelid, mm-hmm. almost like the old, I don't know if anybody ever seen the old movie Prophecy with a deformed bear, it had that kind of look to it. I don't right. know if anybody's ever seen that, right. but if you haven't, yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it was actually a really good makeup job. Um, and he discovers, no, actually, take that back, before he wakes up, we're getting ahead of ourselves, when Bill goes crazy, and after, no, Man, we're getting way ahead. Okay, so, so, oh my God, so much going on this last fifteen minutes. So, after after Alexi attacks Zyko, Zyko puts him puts her in a headlock. They fall on the ground. He has her in a headlock. Uh, That's right. And then uh, who is it? Oh, Megan, Megan does does come. Megan to, comes to grab his chainsaw. trusty electric chainsaw. Old painless, he calls it. It's, it's painted painless. on there. Old painless begins sawing at Zyko's leg. Uh, which then releases Lexi, who then runs to her purse to get the keys in her phone. Correction, sir. He doesn't release his grip. 
Remember, he's got her in no, a headlock. He's, yeah, he's got he's got her in a headlock still for a while, but then at some point he lets go for whatever reason. I guess because he just died. No, guess because he bled out. He bled out. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so much more important to hold on to Lex than it is of to course. stop Mason or Macon from no fight whatsoever. Just let off. him cut his leg clean off and yeah, just sit there. So and uh, and so then Lex. I guess goes, a fight scene wasn't in the budget. I guess not. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't a choreographer wasn't in the budget. Miss <laughs> um, Lexi grabs the keys in her phone and begins to let. Chris out of his knot, out of his chains, and our boy Bill jumps into action. That's the point where Bill loses his shit. Yes. And so that's it. Everybody dies, and so he grabs the axe, hits Lexi in the head first, knocks her wig off, kills yep. her instantly. She's gone. Uh, then goes after uh, Timmy because Al- Timmy comes Timmy's, crawling out, comes of the back crawling with out his with face, his face shoot off, begins to kill, kill, uh, murder the shit out of Alexander. Uh, Chris I mean, straight-up Negan stuff. Oh, my God. I mean, he was just, just... going. He was going at <laughs> Yeah, Bill is, is full beautiful glory at this point. He's oh, yeah. just going crazy. And uh, Chris gets free. He escapes, and there's this really long, just boring chase through the warehouse because Chris can't seem to find the exit for some reason. The typical, as you call it, Jason Voorhees chase where Chris is running at top speed, hopping around, diving over stuff, rolling, running. And Bill is just steady walking behind him slow, but stays right on his ass the whole time. They're going across rooftops. They're doing all this stuff. They end up at a rooftop party, uh, which happens to be the building where Cicero is having his party that they had mentioned they wanted to go to earlier. Uh, and there's a real piece of Academy Award oh my gosh, worthy acting. Is acting so, I'm telling you. so horrible. So horrible. I'm like middle school theater horrible. <laughs> and... Yes. Ends up running down into there, goes into this room where these there's there's like human live art going on where it's just a bunch of half naked people covered in body paint looking like animals and shit, just standing still in certain positions. And he goes to hide in that room. And it's it's a it's a it's a one way entry room. So uh then uh Bill follows suit, goes down into the party um, and in my, what I think is the second funniest part is he, he's in the middle of this psychotic sociopathic rage, killing people. He, he, he goes to this party, he, he cuts through everybody, gets to the bar and decides to stop to order a pink panty dropper. <laughs> so damn funny. That was funny and unexpected. Yeah. He actually finishes the drink calmly and then pursues Chris again. And ends up like attacking him in the middle of all these people. Of course, nobody's doing anything. Nobody seems to care. Um, and then chases Chris, which then chases Chris, and which leads into that room where he, uh, where all the, all the performance art is going on. Yep. Uh, so then uh, uh, Bill ends up in there, kills everybody in the room. Chops everybody to, to shit. shit. I mean, everybody but Chris. While that's going on, Macon's, on the roof, he has grabbed his chainsaw and the extension cord. And the extension cord. Yes. Can't forget that. Gotta yes. have the Gotta extension have cord. cord. Is, is running across the rooftop, gets to the rooftop party, tells him to call 911, tells him he killed Lexi, finds where there's a plug, decides to plug his chainsaw in, which is on the edge of, on the side of the, of the top of the roof, near the edge, turns it on. I guess he stands up to yell or something. And, and he falls, falls backwards, backwards to his death. <laughs> But the window that he falls by just happens to be the window where the performance art is going. You see on. him go back and said extension cord dangling in the breeze yes, outside the window. Which seems to me to be the entire reason why they went with a electric chainsaw. So they could get to that one scene where Chris has a weapon that he can pull. He reels it in. He reels it in out of the window and attacks 
Bill with it. Bill lunges at him with the axe, misses. He 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 jukes him to the side, and then proceeds to run the chainsaw right run the chainsaw through his, through his, through his, through his face, his left eye, and, and it's it's actually a pretty good effect. The blood is cool, looks good. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it is the whole reason, the whole setup for them having the, the, the electric chainsaw was that so that possibly that make it could fall off and and, and just have and too. just happen to be the right yeah. window too. And I don't know about you, but I I've I've used like electric tools, like I have an electric uh, um, leaf blower and like an electric uh, um, weed whacker. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep the fucking power extension cord in that fucker <laughs> to save my life. But yet it took a fall. Yeah, it took a and, fall and didn't unplug. Yeah, it didn't not only come that, loose, but, but you're right. Yeah. But when it, where it was plugged into in the the, the roof, when it, when he fell over and it pulled on it instead of pulling the, the extension cord plug out it actually broke the it, cover it, it yanked the whole damn outlet off the wall exactly so and it was I, dangling by a thread i don't know what power what, so, what extension cord that is but i need to get one because let me tell you when i when i'm cutting the grass and i i plug it in i plug i plug the extension cord into my weed eater you know it's got that little loop that little loop thing in there we have to loop it and pull it through to kind of yeah. hold it in there it still doesn't stay in there that it shit pops stay. out all the damn so time. I guess they did this because if they didn't, he wouldn't have his heroic moment. I right. Guess, you know, where he gets his little piece of revenge, buries the chainsaw in the dude's face, yeah. covers himself in blood, and then calmly walks out. Walks out. Takes a cell phone from one of the show, the, the show attendants, yeah. patrons or something. Yeah. Dials 911, says it's real, and walks the fuck walks out. Home. He tries to go to the subway. Can't go to the subway because his wallet's still at the, the murder That's scene. Right. So then he ends up walking all the way home. Walks home. While he's walking home, his his uh, his watch alarm beeps. Time for him to take his medicine. He looks at his medicine, decides he doesn't need it anymore, and tosses it away. And then he just walks back home, still covered. Walks in the house, grabs what's left of his uh, his candy, grabs some milk, goes to go sit down. Cats in the chair. Sir again. Lancelot's in the chair. Same <laughs> scene from earlier. He has to get down. Three cuts back and forth. You know, a uh, shot, counter shot. And uh, then Cicero, or Lord Cicero, or Lord Sir Lancelot, Sir Lancelot gets down, gets his butt up, moves out of the way, he sits says, in the chair, thank you, and yeah. sits down, hits the remote, takes the helmet off, end of movie. End of movie. It's just, just so, just, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the movie. I mean, that's, uh, that was Murder Party. So. Was murder Party. All right, James. So now, now that we we reviewed the whole movie, we talked about yep. it. Uh, we talked about the good, the bad, what we like, what we didn't like, and we actually get about the plot and everything. Uh, what are you going with for your well, for your uh, score? My score this week. I'm going to give this movie because of the fact that God, you know what. After rethinking it, I'm going to go with two turds on this two one. Two turds. If you can get past the mundane acting, mm-hmm. the effects are not bad. The cinematography mm-hmm. is not bad. The settings are pretty good. Okay. The acting is atrocious, mm-hmm. but if you can get past that, it's a good two-turd movie. Two-turd movie. Two-turd. Is, is this a drinking game movie? Uh, I, I don't mean, know if it would be because I, I didn't see any real patterns. There was too right, much. Right. It was too... Um, all over the place. Oh, yeah. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. Bunch of mumbo jumbo. I wouldn't say it's a drinking movie, but it's one of those ones you, you, you watch it and shred it. So it's more of a riffing movie then. Yeah. Yeah. Something okay. you want to sit there and bash on it. And what do you what do you give uh, Murder Party, Chris? I am actually also give it a two. I think that it's whether it's 
except for like the two parts that I think are the intentionally funny parts, I don't know if the rest of it's supposed to be intentionally funny. It does seem sort of almost like a not so much a parody, but it definitely is. Uh, it's it's a bit self aware of how bad it is. I think, um, but it's I, I put it in the same category as like movies like The Room, where it's so bad that it's good. Yeah. Um, I you know you you can put it in your stream if you want in your queue. Um, definitely a riffy movie. Get with some friends and and you know around Halloween time and watch it, and make fun of it. Uh, but it's not something like I would not watch it if it wasn't Halloween. Absolutely. You know, there are certain bad movies there that I'll watch, in certain horror movies that I'll watch, even when it's not fall or Halloween time, but this is not one I would watch. I would specifically watch it in the month of October, and specifically with a group of friends to make fun of it. Um, I I enjoyed the, like I said, I enjoyed the uh, the single takes that they did. Uh, Alexander was fantastic. He was he was so good at being a douchebag. Lexi did a good job being just schizo. Um <laughs> You know, and and overall, uh, it, it's something that I would not. Now that I'm done watching it, I'm going to take it out of my queue. I'm not going to yep. leave it in my queue because yep. that's a one. But uh, it's still. I consider this sort of our palate cleanser. Yeah, for the last two. I would also pay attention to the soundtrack. Listen to the yeah. music in the background. The it's actually, actually pretty good. quite well done. Yeah, there's a lot of synth music going on. It's. It's very reminiscent of 70s and 80s. And yeah, exactly. Like in the, the different characters and different scenes, if you listen carefully in the background, it pays a slight homage to those movies. Like The right. Warriors, you kind of hear that, that uh, keyboardish, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? The, synth- the, the sy- synthesizer. Synthesizer, yeah. Kind synthesizer. of. Yeah. Those kind of noises and stuff. But it, it's, it sounds like that. So uh, it, it, it definitely helped improve the. I think experience. It, I think it did because I think that was one thing that I, we didn't touch on in the last two that neither of the last two movies we saw had any sort of soundtrack that I remember in the slightest bit. Yeah. And I, I think as far as I, I know I for sure I'm sure you're the same way but like there are certain soundtracks that just help to elevate a movie. Yes. You know. and That is true. And, and yeah, this I mean, one needed some help. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, <laughs> lately, you. lately uh, synthesized music's making a comeback. You know, it's, it's in, you know, Stranger Things and it's it's all over the place. And so it, it's it's very reminiscent of the 70s, 80s. And it, it actually kind of helped make the movie a little better to me, in my in my opinion. So Yeah. Yeah. Two so, turds. So two turds. So, yeah, guys. So. You know, check it out. Get to, get together with some friends. Make fun of it. Um, this is so far the best of the worst. Best I guess the worst you call so it so far. Yeah, I mean, two is two is good for what we've seen. We've seen some pretty, pretty, pretty crappy ones. Pretty crappy ones. So uh, yeah, uh, anything else you want to mention, James? Before we go, no. Just yeah. make sure you watch it and then walk away. All right. And uh, you guys can <laughs> you guys can find us on Facebook. Uh, you guys can find us at uh, What the Suck Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Castbox. Uh, what the suck podcast on Castbox, and uh, I think we'll probably be getting a maybe a Twitter as well. I think Twitter is the work of the devil, but it seems to be a popular form of social media. Twitter so. and possibly even Instagram. We'll yeah. work on it. Twitter, Twitter's Twitter's a bunch of bullshit, but it, you know it, it, everybody's on Twitter, so we kind of have. Like to I said, there, we'll so. let you know, folks. But for sure, Facebook and for sure, Castbox, uh, as well as iTunes. You know, go on iTunes and rate us and, and review us, and you know, get us those likes and all that stuff. And so I think uh, we're starting to get the hang of this, so I hope you hang with us and enjoy. Yeah. So until then, guys, uh, have fun. Peace.